from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hi there, everybody. Today is Sunday, December 23rd, 2007, day 48 of the Rider Strike. In today's episode, we'll talk to strike coordinator Bill Odekirk at the picket lines in front of Fox Studios. Now, before we begin, let me just set this up. I met up with Bill at the crack of dawn when we sat down to record, and about a quarter of the way into our interview, his cell phone rang and he had to take the call. Now, if I was a real writer, I guess I would have figured out how to make this work in the podcast and make it seem like it was just one take, but I'm not a writer. I'm a podcaster and a citizen journalist, and this is how it went, so bear with me as we take a break when Bill answers his phone, and then when we resume our interview. Okay, let's roll. Oh, I see. So you you just download this to your iPod, and you listen to it. Yeah. That's all. It's just for you. What do you mean? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm just saying, it looks like you're you're, you're recording this on an iPod, and and you're just going to listen to it yourself. And, actually, I do, and I, on my way driving home, I listen to it, and I try to figure out like where I'm going to do some cuts. And I actually don't really do too many cuts. My process is just taking out ums, you knows, and dead air, and repeated sentences. Okay. You're going to have a lot of that oh. to take out, okay? Okay. And who are you? Who the hell are you? Uh, my name is uh, Bill Odenkirk. I'm a television writer, and I, uh, I'm a, also a strike coordinator for the Fox lot here on Pico and Motor. Okay. Have you been here almost every day? Every day, yeah. I've been here every day. And I do the 5.30 to 8 o'clock shift. You mean 5.30 a.m.? A.m., yeah. Tell me the story, because I'm not a morning person. The, the uh, I'm not either. I So I show up here, and I'm half dead, and I sign people in. We've been doing an early shift to just sort of be a presence at the lot when uh, the trucks, construction and production trucks are coming and going and sort of show the Teamsters and other union, associated unions that were dedicated to this strike and that it's worth it for us to get up at 5, 4 in the morning and be out here picketing and asserting to them that we're, we're, you know, this is very important to us and that if they want to honor our picket line, they're not doing it for a bunch of people who are just sort of wishy-washy, but it's actually very important. The issues around it are extremely important, and, and we would like them to help us by, you know, shutting down production and whatever else is happening on the, on the lots. I believe you do have their support. I'm talking to a lot of Teamsters, and I've actually interviewed one. I think you do have their support. How has it been, what, we're in week six? Uh, we're week five, I think. This is week five. So how has their, their support been shown in the, in, as the weeks go on? Well, we actually have had several trucks over the weeks here that have approached the lot and stopped in the street, and the drivers have refused to drive onto the lot. Uh, in many cases, the trucks have just driven on then. They've gone back to the original location uh, where they were, di- uh, they were dispatched from, or they have been driven on by other drivers, other union members. I don't know which unions, but... Uh, uh, so we've had, we've had some actual real impact on, the, uh, on the, what's happening on the lot. At this point, there's so little production happening that uh, we feel that 
we can sort of stop this really early morning shift and just focus on the 8 o'clock time slots and, and, and later picketing times. But uh, we'll, we'll still be picketing. It's just we won't be doing this early, early shift. Okay. Is it me, or you just said that the studio is kind of shutting down? Is it because of your strike efforts, or is it because it's hiatus? I think that it's both. If if we weren't on strike, there's, there'd be production trucks coming and going all day. It would be it would be uh, shutting down to a, a degree because, of course, of the holidays. But uh, I think it's both. But it mostly has to do with the strike, actually. Can I? Yeah, he's I got a phone call going, so let's hold for this. Sorry. Anyway. I worked on uh, Mr. Show on HBO. It was a sketch comedy show a couple of years, several years back now. And uh, Futurama. Oh. And uh, The Simpsons. Okay, I probably, I was a massage therapist for Rough Draft and for Klasky Chupo. And then when they went to film Roman, I never, when, you, when Simpsons went to film Roman, I never. Okay. Yeah, but I've done a few massages over at film Roman, so. All right. So, all right. I haven't got any massages at film Roman. So okay. I can tell you that definitively. <laughs> okay. So I don't know where to take this. Just uh, um, how? Tell us a story. Will you tell us a story? I will tell you a story. Uh, <laughs> how about how about if I express my concerns? Because everyone has a lot of concerns. That's what I'm hearing mostly. Uh, the big concern is that people will um, that that the membership of the Writers Guild uh, will start to reconsider the issues that we're striking over and uh, I think that it's really important in the next few weeks certainly while while we're out on a, a, you know a holiday uh, from the picketing and from this constant strike attention on the strike to uh, remember that what we're basically striking over is the new version of television it's the version that's going to go into the future possibly forever, because uh, over the next few years, the old version, cable and satellite and whatnot, I mean, the delivery system is going to be the same, but it, it's going to be one and united with the internet. This is already, a hybrid. This is already happening in several places around the world, where the internet is indistinguishable from the way people get their television programming. I'm not aware of this. Like yes. where? Uh, I think in Hong Kong, there's a huge percentage of the people there watch television over the internet, and that their television is basically a, an internet portal. And that's the way it's going to go. That's the way it's going right now. Everyone in their own life knows that they watch all kinds of shorts and whatnot on the internet on a daily basis. And so, there's no illusion hear about what what's going to happen to our business over the next few years so we have to get coverage jurisdictional and uh and also residual coverage for the internet or we're finished not right away but very shortly so i think that the important thing for people to remember in the public and also uh the the writers guild membership is that the what this is is a, is sort of a generational strike. That is, again, it's the issues here are have to do with the entire economic basis of our careers and livelihood as writers, and that if we don't win this, and uh, it doesn't mean defeating 
uh, the companies, but just you know, getting coverage in the, in these new media. We are going to be very quickly find that the Writers Guild will have no jurisdiction over the real sources of where people watch our what we write, and that goes for movies and television. So, in one sense, we're really fortunate in that this is such an obvious issue for everyone, for screenwriters, for television writers. Advertisers, yes, that it, it is a uni- it is very uniting. But you know, the, the, my concern, and I think it's concern of a lot of people right now, is that over the holidays and as this strike wears on, and it will wear on, that people will sort of lose the attention or lose the focus of what it is we're striking about. And there's other issues, of course, animation, reality programming, but the uh, the internet and new media clearly is the thing that's galvanizing our, our, the membership and uh, and the writers. So, I my hope is my concern, but my hope is that it's it is such an obvious issue that people will will uh, not forget about it <laughs> over the holidays and come back and go, why why are we on strike again? Why am I not going back to my job? And so. I think that I think we're looking at possibly a very long strike, but the good news is that the issues are so fundamental, so basic, so important that I think we can uh, withstand it. We can be out for a long time and still have the resolve to 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 uh, um, stand up to the companies and what they're offering. What's your take? I'm reading in the trades the past couple of days that they're going to the DGA now. What's your take on that? Uh, the, the, well, this is another negotiating move on the part of the companies, on the AMPTP, and uh, it's not surprising. This is something they've done in the past that has gone to uh, uh, the directors because, you know, uh, their, their, uh, their concerns are not exactly in line with the, the writers. You mean the DGA's? Yes, the DGA's concerns are not necessarily aligned with the writers. And a lot of their membership is below-the-line people. And so their residuals are not as important to them as they are to the writers and, and uh, actors. So whatever they want to do, that's fine. We don't have to necessarily <laughs> accept what the directors accept or, or settle on. I hope that they don't, the directors don't negotiate with the, with the AMPTP, but... Uh, you know that's certainly up to them, but it's also up to us to to say we we have no interest in in what they settle on and and to negotiate from the position of uh, what's be- what's best for the writers and that's I think the attitude we should we should have and because it's the right one you know we have our own concerns. You write you write a lot of comedy and you've written for some of my favorite shows okay. and. Everything you've written is funny and entertaining, but you're very serious right now. How are you keeping your sense of humor? Uh, how am I keeping my sense of humor? Uh, good question. I, this is really serious, you know, because I, I know that uh, I have friends, I have people I know who are looking at losing their livelihood, losing their houses and whatnot over the strike. I'm not saying because if we don't get internet residuals or something. They are looking at losing their livelihoods and and I don't know what they're going to do and it's it's uh, very serious and uh, who knows when it's going to end this could be a month it could be two months it could be six months 
I'm very concerned about those people. I'm concerned about about what this strike is going to do to them and to a lot of people. I I don't even know. I know it will ruin their careers. It will ruin their lives. And so it's hard to be cavalier about, you know. Um, you know, you just you just keep hoping that it's going to be short and we can all go back to work. Uh, but you don't know. And so I guess that's my long, long-winded answer of why I'm not funny. <laughs> I, I always have a ready excuse. This one seems like a pretty good one. So. In an imperfect world, what's your hope for the future? My hope is that uh, the companies are simply through through the MPTP are just simply playing standard negotiating games with us right now. And that sometime in January they'll say, okay, let's really give concessions on the internet and maybe some other points as well, other issues as well. And we resolve this in sometime in January or February. But I honestly I don't given given what, what they have been about and what they've done over the entire negotiations of this uh, this um, this you know since June, I, I don't hold out a lot of hope for that. I think that uh, the what we have to expect is that it's going to go on for a long, long time. We have to be in that mindset. Unfortunately, I think that's the re- reality. Uh, my hope is that they will want to resolve this sometime in the next month. So. Parting shots? Parting shots. Uh, Merry Christmas to uh, Nick Counter. Uh, I hope people like reality television, you know, uh, because that's basically what they're going to get. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I certainly look. People like it. People like reality. I mean, they call it reality television, but it's not really reality television, is it? I mean, reality television is uh, surveillance footage. <laughs> you know, that's that's reality. That's a, that's is uh, the reality television we see on uh, on television is scripted. It's written. It's it's uh, certainly edited to develop stories and, and storylines and the. the Situations people are put in are all contrived. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I guess my point is that uh, that that de- deserves coverage by the inter- by the um, by the WGA as well. So, um, but that aside, I think that uh, that's what we're looking at uh, for television. Certainly, for a long time to come, is is uh, endless parade of uh, you know. Well, yeah, some of it is garbage and uh, uh, some of it can be very engaging and interesting but uh, I'm I'm suspecting that a lot of it is just going to be very forgettable or embarrassing and uh, um, I hope people like that because uh, no I don't I hope people don't like it because I want to get this over with how about that okay thank you so much all right thank you I hope it wasn't too rambling oh no you're good <laughs> okay. feel free to edit. You have been listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com.